Hey there, welcome back to the Prolific Author Podcast. So today I have a really fun topic for you. Have you ever wondered if or how you can sell books through YouTube? I know this is something that I have often wondered about. And I do use YouTube for my author geared videos and trainings, but I've never really come up with a way to sell books to my readers that way. But today my interview is with Jenna Moresi, and she is a very successful YouTuber with several hundred thousand subscribers, and she does use that to move a lot of books. So if this is something you've ever been curious about, this interview is for you. She is delightful to talk to, really, really fun personality. And um, without further ado, I'm just going to jump right in so that we can get into all the YouTube goodness. Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today best-selling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. All right, we are here today with Jenna Moresi. How are you doing today, Jenna? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Jenna is an author. Uh, why don't you tell us, you know, who you are and what you write? Awesome. Will do. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. It is a of huge course. honor. Uh, like you had already said, my name is Jenna Moresi. I am a best-selling dark fantasy and science fiction slash romance author. Um, I also have a YouTube channel over on YouTube where I give writing advice. I talk about tropes that I love. I talk about tropes that I hate. Um, I've got, uh, at this point in time, about 250,000 subscribers, and we have a good time there. So that's my job. I write books, and I teach people how to write books. Nice, nice. So yeah, I, I do want to delve a little bit into the YouTube um, mm -hmm. conversation because there's probably a lot of writers out there who would like to know how to use, to use YouTube and they just don't have the first idea where, you know, how to start or, or what to do. So do you find that, um, you said you teach writers on YouTube, do you find that you reach a lot of readers that way or is it more just the writers that you reach that way? I definitely reach a lot of readers that way. I mean, the thing about writing is most writers are readers, you know, the, mm -hmm. the two kind of go hand in hand. And a lot of the writing advice I give revolves around the sort of genres I write. So for example, I don't write horror or uh, historical, you know, fiction. So I don't give a lot of horror and historical fiction advice. I give a lot of science fiction advice. I give a lot of, you know, world building. I give a lot of romance advice, a lot of fantasy advice. And a lot of the people who write that sort of stuff read that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of crossover in, in that area. Also, um, I write adult fiction. I know young adult is very on trend right now, which is wonderful. There are a lot of young adult authors on YouTube as well. Um, I don't write young adult. Um, I, I write adult fiction and my books uh, include, you know, violence and sexual things and they include lots of cursing. So my videos have that you know, content as well. So I'm basically reaching my readership 
target audience through my videos because you know if you if you don't like a few f bombs if you don't like uh you know to talk about you know violent battles and things like that you probably won't like my channel and you probably won't like my books either right right so i think that's really good advice i mean that goes obviously for youtube but also for any way in which you reach out to your readers you kind of have to keep mm -hmm. that same uh vibe going so that you make sure that you're reaching the right people Exactly. That's actually a, a one point that I'm constantly stressing to uh, writers because a lot of people, they say things like, oh, I don't want to alienate my, I don't want to alienate my audience. I don't want to, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. And it's like, if you're making them uncomfortable because you are talking about content that is in your book, they're going to be uncomfortable reading your book. They're not right. your readership, you know? So for, for example, like if, if you love love triangles and you know a lot of people don't like, you know, love triangles, um, not talking about it on your platform, sure, you may get a bunch of people who, you know, hate love triangles, but then they're going to hate your book, you know? So, right, right. so you, you, you want to, it's not about attracting anyone and everyone. It's about attracting the kind of people who are going to appreciate the content that you put out there. So if you're afraid of alienating people, you've got the wrong uh, thought process going on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So how long have you had your YouTube channel? Oh my gosh. No, I don't know. It feels like forever. <laughs> uh, I want to say 2013, I think uh, probably since 2014. So about six going on like six, seven years. It's been uh -huh. a while. Okay. Um, but, but I can't say that with any certainty. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to remember a time before. <laughs> right. Yeah. So do you have any like tips or tricks for how you grew your audience in that time? Or was it just the basic posting relative, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, posting consistently and that sort of thing? I do have some tips and tricks, but it's not any like strategy that I implemented at the start. I will start off by saying that I started my channel, <clears throat> excuse me, I started my channel because people told me I'd be good at it. They're like, Jenna, you should do a YouTube channel. You've got the personality, you got the sass, all that stuff. Um, like most authors, I'm an introvert and the thought of putting my face on camera was horrific. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And for years, I didn't do it. And then finally bit the bullet and gave it a go. And I had very, very low expectations. My goal was 100 subscribers. If I got 100 subscribers, I would feel accomplished. And then once I hit 100, I was like, I'm going to be very daring and, you know, scandalous. And I'm going to go for 1,000 subscribers. <laughs> oh, my. Um I literally had no intention of it being a source of revenue. I did not expect it to grow my readership. It was just an experiment. Um, but the things that I picked up along the way um, were I had my channel for about six months before it started getting any traffic at all. And what had changed was when I first started my channel, I was trying very, I was trying my best to be professional and to be um, li like I had mentioned before, like don't alienate anyone, appeal to everyone. And it wasn't until uh, around the six month mark that I was like, you know what, no one's watching this anyway. So I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I'm a naturally uh, uh, straightforward person. Uh, I, I, I can have a potty mouth at times and I, I I'm goofy and I like to make jokes. And so I was like, no one's watching. I'm just going to be myself. And if people don't like it, whatever, because no one's here. And that's when my channel took off and it was exponential. Um, I remember being at my sister's bachelorette party in Disneyland and my channel had gone from like a hundred subscribers to 
thousands of subscribers and I'm in line for the Toy Story ride and everyone's like, woo, wedding's coming up. And I'm there looking at my phone like, oh my gosh, guys, you have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> and I was just freaking out. And really the biggest change for me was that I, I started being myself. And um, a lot of people will take that like, oh, make raunchy jokes and you'll hit it big. And that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying be me. <laughs> I'm saying pe people can smell a phony a mile away. So really like, try your best to just be yourself and you know the most entertaining and um engaging version of yourself um people don't like a phony they like someone who keeps it real um mm -hmm. so that's what i do um another thing is and this is just sort of technical stuff quality matters um you know deleting all the uhs ums likes deleting the flubs and the long the long pauses um keep that content tight and because on youtube people are there for sort of quick entertainment they're there to get the information and go um you have right. to kind of understand that about the market so i would say authenticity quality and make sure you're giving something to the audience a lot of people start a youtube channel and start with this is all about me get to know me and then wonder why no one's watching well no one's heard of you no one has anything no one has any idea who you are what makes you think they're going to stop and go look at this stranger on the internet i want to <laughs> learn everything about them you have to offer something first right. to them that is appealing before they will want to get to know you yeah, those are, those are great, great uh, pieces of advice. So thank you for that. So what is it that, I mean, I know you said that you give advice to writers, but what in general do you talk about when you, you know, are putting together, deciding to sit down and, and put together a video to put on YouTube? What are you? Um, I, I pay attention to the trends in, in my uh, viewership. I pay attention to what people request to see, but sometimes what people request isn't necessarily what is performing well. So you have to not necessarily take it with a grain of salt, but compare it to the numbers. Um, I, the, for me, at least on my channel, the videos that tend to perform the best and um, people want more of are usually the basics of writing, um, things like how to write a first chapter, um, things like dialogue, um, chemistry between characters, of course, um, any sort of uh, romantic topic tends to do well because even if you're not a romance writer, you know, there's romantic subplots. People love to right. about people falling in love. So those topics do well, which is great because I love to cover those topics. Um, <laughs> Uh, another thing uh, that I have noticed does well are just uh, opinion pieces. Like my, probably my most popular videos are the ones where I talk about my favorite and least favorite tropes in certain genres or certain categories. So I'll talk about my favorite tropes regarding male characters, my least favorite tropes regarding male characters. Um, people, th that's where I usually get to be sassy and funny. Uh, people love a good rant. <laughs> um, my only uh, warning against that is, you may see the numbers like for example my least favorite trope videos perform better than my favorite tropes um and that's fine and it makes sense because the least favorite ones are, are the funniest because you're talking about things you don't like um right. that's fine that's fine but sometimes people will see those numbers and go i'm just gonna keep doing that but then you become a rant channel then you become a very negative influence and for me i think it's totally fine to rant every once in a while and make people laugh but when that becomes your persona you don't want to be a negative influence in the community you want to be a positive right influence. don't don't let those numbers you know completely transform your channel because then you're just always it's not going to be funny anymore it's just you're you're just kind of a debbie downer who's pooping on everything <laughs> <laughs> right right mm -hmm. so um talk to me about the the writing side of it how did you get into you know fiction writing at first 
Um, I've wanted to be a writer my entire life, um, literally since the first grade. In the first grade, I had a teacher who, um, I can't remember, it was either every Monday or every Friday, we would spend the day uh, making books, uh, construction paper books. And um, we, would, we would write the books, we'd illustrate them, we'd bind them with construction paper, and then we'd read them to the class. And I fell in love with the process. My first book, an omen for later years, was called The Funeral. And it was about a dead cat, which my teacher had a long talk with my mom about that. She was very... <laughs> My mom's like, no one died. She's just got a morbid fascination. And lo and behold, now I write about death all the time. It's, you know, <laughs> not, not a concern, guys, not a concern. But yeah, ever since then, I, I fell in love with the process. I've been writing stories since then. I, I just, I was six years old and I was like, I want to be an author. And my parents were like, no, you want to be a doctor. Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, I, I, it was something I wanted to do since forever. Eventually the, you know, Every everyone's probably experienced it. You hear a lot of naysayers. You're never going to make it. It's it's not right. a my career. Eventually, I did pursue the the uh, more traditional path. Um, I got a degree in finance, um, and I became a stockbroker. And um, after a few years working that job, I just remember coming home from work one day, and I hated my job. And I remember thinking, "This is it. This is my life." because I was looking for other jobs and all the other jobs that I saw, I, they sounded just as bad. And I was like, I'm going to be do stuck doing this forever. And I, I'm at the time I was like 25. I was like, I can't live like this. You know, I can't spend another 50, whatever years doing right. something I hate. So I decided to start writing a book on the side and I was like, I'm just going to give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, whatever. I still have my normal day job. I still have my full-time gig. And if this doesn't work out, I, you know, it's fine. Um, but it did work out. <laughs> and now, and now, long story short, now I am a full-time author and I'm making way more money as an author than I did as a stockbroker. So, hey, sometimes right. things are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think they are most of the time, actually. Right? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. exactly. So are you um, traditionally published or are you uh, an indie author? I'm actually an indie author. Um, okay, great. I, I had originally, like a lot of people, I had originally considered going the traditional route. And then, um, you know, with my business background, I was like, well, I want to research the business and learn everything I can about it. Once I researched it and saw, um, you know, learned about a lot of the misconceptions, people assume that if you go the traditional route, you're going to get the Stephen King experience. And then right. they don't know that, oh, no, only like a fraction of a percent of authors get that experience. <laughs> and then when I saw what most traditionally published authors get, um, I, I, I totally see the appeal and I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of those who thinks you have to go one way or the other. I think there's pros and cons to both. But when I saw what most traditionally published authors get, a lot of it was stuff I'd learned in business school myself. So I was right. like, well, and if you don't have a business background, it's very appealing to go traditional. But I was like, well, I do have a business background and I know how to do a lot of this stuff. So I'm going to try indie because I don't, you know, because I don't think I need the royalty cut for this help when I know how to do it. So mm -hmm. I tried it and it worked out great for me. And I'm a huge hardcore indie fan. And yeah, and like I said, I'm, I'm making uh, more money uh, as an author now than I did in finance. So yeah, it def definitely pros and cons to both sides though. Right, right. But it's good to know that there are, you know, I, I'm glad you said that because I think it's good for authors to know that it's possible to make more money doing this than 
you make it your day job and you weren't working mm-hmm. like at fast food or something. That's a yeah. really decent, well-paying day job. Um, because yeah, I think that- a lot of authors fear that they're never going to make the money to support themselves doing this full time, you know? Right. And I mean, I, I will preface this by saying that I became a published author when I was 28 and I am now 34. So it's been about six years. Um, when I first started the gig, uh, like with my first book, I was making about half of what I made as a stockbroker. Um, by the time I had my second book out, I was making more than what I made as a stockbroker. <clears throat> and now I'm making, hold on, let me think. I think I'm, I'm making all, I'm making more than double what I made as a stockbroker, not quite wow. triple, but between the double and triple line. So it, it's definitely possible to make a living as an author. It's, it, uh, people think it's not because a lot of authors struggle and I'm not going right. to pretend that doesn't exist. Right. But I, I do think that if you have a passion for the artistry of it and you combine that with business savvy and understanding that this is a business and you're selling a product, you can absolutely make a lucrative career. And, you know, like I said, between double and triple what I made as a stockbroker, like we're, you know, right. I'm, very, I'm very pleased. I did not expect it. And I'm very pleased. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So, so tell me a little bit about your process. How often do you put out books? How long does it take you to write one? Um, I'm definitely not a rapid release author. Um, I would love to be. I think that process is fascinating to me. And I think that if I could write faster, I would. Um, But first of all, my books tend to be really fat. Um, My last two books were each 160,000 words. They're (laughs) big, big books. So they they take a while to release. Um, Right now, I'm averaging about uh, one book every two years. I'm trying, I'm hoping to make it one, at least one book a year. I would love for that to happen. But on top of, you know, running my YouTube channel and being author, I'm also right. a caregiver. Uh, my fiance uh, broke his spine around the time I started my YouTube channel. And he has since healed from the broken spine itself. He can walk and all that good stuff. But he has a, a chronic pain condition as a result mm-hmm. of it called CRPS. And so my time is split between helping to take care of him as well as writing books and the YouTube channel. Um, so as my, the, the nice thing is as my, <clears throat> as my platform grows, I'm able to hire, you know, and delegate, to, you know, I have an assistant who's absolutely wonderful. Um, as I'm able to delegate more, it gives me more time to focus on the things I love to do, which is, you know, the writing and right. obviously spending time with Cliff. Uh, so hopefully as things grow and continue to flourish, I can delegate more and focus on, you know, the writing more, and then I can hopefully release more books in a <laughs> timely manner. <laughs> right, right. So how many books do you have out right now? Three. Three. <laughs> right. So I bet I, then my listeners are probably going to, the next thing they're going to be wanting to know is what do you do to market your books that you're making so much money when you've only got three books. There's always this, you know, belief that you have to have 20 or 30 books before you can be making full-time income. So what do you do to market your books? What are some of your secrets? Um, Well, first and foremost, I I have a YouTube channel that has right. about 250,000 subscribers. <laughs> so I, people sometimes hear this and get, and I'm not saying obviously it's possible because I'm doing it. I, I'm just not trying to give false expectations because I'm very fortunate in the fact that my platform has grown exponentially. I have millions of views. And so I can mention, uh, you know, my books at the end of a video and I will get sales right. Right through that. So I basically have free marketing through my YouTube channel 
all the time, whenever I want. Um, I obviously, you know, I have social media platforms where I market as well. I've also had really great success uh, with BookBub ads. I highly recommend using BookBub ads. Um, that has helped significantly. Um, as well as I have had the uh, benefit of being, uh, you know, asked by Kindle to do the Kindle um, ads that they do, the special Kindle, you know, yeah. Sales. I can't, I'm like forgetting what it's called, but I've had those that, uh, that have gone through and just, uh, it's kind of a mix of your own platform growth and your own, you know, organic marketing through your subscribers, your mailing list. So, so important to have a mailing list. So it's a, it's a combination of that and some pay-for-play marketing, I would say. Right, right. So are you um, exclusive to, to Amazon? I am not. I am okay. wide. You are wide, okay. And I completely understand the benefits of going exclusive. I think if I had gone exclusive, I might be possibly, I've, I've seen statistics that say you would make more money that way. Just for me, having all my eggs in one basket is not the uh, most appealing idea, mm -hmm. just from a, a business background. I, I don't, you know, especially a stock market background, don't like, right. having, all, <laughs> don't like having all my eggs in one basket. And just in general for, uh, I, and this may sound cheesy, I, I like to appeal to my readership and I have, you know, readers all over the globe. Some of them don't use Amazon and it would mean more to me to reach a wider variety of people versus to make that extra cash. And I think sometimes when you cater your audience or you cater your content toward catering to your audience, uh, it, it, it creates a greater sense of loyalty and appreciation. But, you know, everyone's different. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with that too. And I think most people, I think um, going wide is almost like, I don't know, I might get some pushback from this. It's, it's like slightly more entrepreneurial to go mm -hmm. wide than to stay exclusive. And so I think it's kind of a bigger game, but of course with that, there's more challenges. It's also kind of a harder game, but I, I do agree that it probably engenders more loyalty from your readers. Right, because for, for example, um, uh, Google Play, um, I was getting, I was having readers ask like, why aren't you available there? Why aren't you available there? I uploaded, I don't get a lot of readers there, but the ones who I do get there, they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for finally having your books available here, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're like, I will get every single one of them. And, you know, I just think uh, brand loyalty and, um, you know, showing appreciation to your audience, it goes a long way. You know, people appreciate that. They remember that when creators actually care about them. And obviously the money side is important, but you know, the people, you, you, you want to show them that you care about them too, you know, that it's not right, just right. all about the coin. Right. For sure. For sure. So how about your, um, your actual writing process? What do you do to keep yourself writing and prolific? And, and what do you do on the days when you just don't feel like writing? Um, I'm very much a proponent of habit over inspiration and motivation. Um, it it kind of comes back to me being a caregiver. I mean, there are days where I'm tired, but if Cliff needs the assistance, he needs the assistance. You know, I'm not going mm -hmm. to be like, sorry, you know, I, I'm, I don't feel like it today. It's that way with my books. The way I see it is, especially this is my career now, you know, um, if I don't yeah books, I'm not making money, you know, and I'm not supporting my family. So uh, for me, it's just all about habit. I don't write every single day. Um, I would love to, but I don't write every single day because I'm running a YouTube channel. So sometimes a day is for videos. Sometimes a day is for my accounting and business and marketing. Um, but when I do write, it doesn't matter how I feel. Like if I, if it's, if it feels like I'm just pumping crap onto the keyboard and nothing's good, it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep pumping that crap. So it's it's, for me, it's just
just habit pushing through and the and if you're if, if you're having an off day the only way out is through just keep pumping out those words and and get them on the page i also set quarterly goals um which is very uh, corporate businessy uh, <laughs> I, I give myself every quarter a number of pages that I absolutely have to write. And that makes it so that I have wiggle room. For example, if Cliff is having an off day and I have to play nurse, I don't have to worry that I didn't get pages done that day. I can do it a different day so long as I meet that end goal. Um, so it gives me wiggle room for if life gets too hard, but it also holds me accountable. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super smart because I think it's important to have goals, but not at the same time not to be too strict with them, it, you know, make them a little bit fluid. You're right, exactly. Um, I noticed that you you talk sometimes about writing healthy romance. What, what does that mean exactly? Well, there's a, a trend I've noticed, I mean, maybe it's been around for a long time, but I've noticed this uh, particularly recently, maybe within the, the last decade, where we're getting a lot of uh, very toxic romances. We're getting a lot of um, consent isn't sexy, things like that. Um, like it, it's a lot sexier if he takes what he wants and it, it, it it, it's concerning because a lot of this is also happening in books for like teenage girls and they're young right. and impressionable. Um, I don't write, I, I write books for adults, but just in general, uh, I, I, not only do I think it's an unhealthy, um, you know, representation to put out there, I also just don't think it's entertaining to read. And as someone who loves reading about romance and swoon-worthy stuff, I don't think it's romantic. Like if, if mm -hmm. the person's a predator, I don't see how that's hot, you know? Like right, I don't, I, right. I don't get it. So I, I try to make my content about how to write a healthy romance and, you know, like the fact that it's a misconception that asking for consent isn't sexy. Like what would be sexier than someone who really enthusiastically wants to be with you? Like that, that is what a lot of people want. They want someone who wants them back. Mm -hmm. So I try to give advice on how to, you know, write consent, like what would be considered a predatory love interest and what would be considered, you know, like a normal, yeah. <laughs> well-adjusted love interest and, and trying to, um, correct the misconceptions out there because not only just you know as a writer wanting to help other writers as a reader I want to read some good stuff and I, I can't find it like where is it where where are the healthy romances I'm that's what I want to read about right right no I think that's great I think that's great that you're educating people about that thank you um so you also write, and I ask this of anybody who writes dark fantasy or dark romance or dark anything, because it's there's so, so many just fluid definitions of what mm -hmm. dark is. So, so what is dark fantasy to you? Um, well, like you said, there are fluid definitions. I've seen that uh, dark fantasy is, you know, I've seen dark fantasy features horror in their fantasy. I've seen dark fantasy has a tone of darkness and dread. Um, I kind of, I lean toward that angle. Um, and I also think if the plot itself revolves around death, then it, and it's fantasy, then it might be dark fantasy. Um, for example, uh, and that, that's not to say plenty of fantasy books feature death, but a lot of fantasy books, it's like they're trying to find the sword of truth and will they survive their quest. That, that's not a book about death. There may be death along the way, but the right. a sword. Uh, for example, The Savior's Champion, the first uh, book in my Savior series, which is a dark fantasy romance, it is about a man fighting in a gladiatorial tournament where the men kill each other or they have to survive uh, deadly challenges in order to be the winner. Um, so literally the book is about death. These guys are getting picked off one by one, either by each other or the challenges um, in order to survive at the end and get the girl. 
Um, so that's kind of how I determine it. Is it's like is death built into the plot itself as opposed to just a byproduct, and that's that's kind of how I look at it. Or or if not death and darkness and evil and all that good stuff. Right. And and do you have do you um do you have like a specifically like a really dark vibe in your books or do you try to keep it pretty hopeful and it just revolves around the death plot? I like to do a little bit of both. I feel like if you have the same mood throughout the book, whatever that mood is, it gets boring and stale and it loses its touch. So there's there's a lot of darkness in the book. Um, it's funny because I'm kind of numb to it and people will read certain things and be like, Jenna, that was dark. And I'm like, really? I, I was worried people would find it boring, but okay, cool. You know, <laughs> like it just, it doesn't resonate with me. But yeah, there's lots of uh, dark, twisted moments. But then at the same time, there's goofy moments. I love, I feel like if you've got a dark book, you have to make readers laugh at some point. So there's, you know, dumb jokes. There's, you know, guys peeing on the wall and things like that. <laughs> Just like silly moments. There's, uh, you know, banter and flirting and, you know, friendship. I, I feel like it has to have a roller coaster of emotions because that's what makes the dark moments and the death have a punch, especially if the death just happens right after something heartwarming and cute, you know, that's going to feel a lot more powerful. So for me, right. I like to have a both. I, have, I like to have a mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really good advice. That's great. So um, what are your plans for the future? You will keep writing, keep YouTubing? Is there anything in specific that you have coming up that you're excited about? Well, the audiobook for the second book in uh, my series, uh, The Savior Sister, the audiobook should be coming out in a few weeks. I'm really, really, really excited about that. <laughs> I worked with um, narrator Emma Tigan. Oh my gosh, she was so good. I, I like cannot gush enough about how amazing she was and how she brought all the characters to life and all their voices. I just I'm so excited. <laughs> so that, that should be coming out in a few weeks. Um, I have a new course available. I do courses over on Skillshare where um, things that are too long for YouTube um, that are more business centric. Um, so I have a course about um, building an author platform. I have a course about um, doing a release, like a book release on your own. And the course that's coming out, um, it might be out by the time <laughs> this uh, interview goes live, um, but it's all the step-by-step -step, uh, process for self-publishing a book. So for anyone who doesn't know how to to do it step by step and thinks it's very overwhelming. I break down the whole process from start to finish. So I've got that coming out. I am currently working on the third book in the Savior series, which is The Savior's Army. Um, the first book was told from Tobias's perspective, uh, the main male lead. The second book was told from Layla's perspective, the main female lead. And then to, uh, The Savior's Army is split perspective between them both. Um, so I've been working on that. And that'll be the next book that comes out in the series. And then, of course, I will be continuing to make YouTube videos and uh, bringing out all the uh, the F-bombs and the jokes and the <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Well, thank you so much for being here and talking to us today. Do you have any final advice for aspiring writers who are still just trying to figure it out? Um, my advice would be you don't need anyone to be on your team. You are team enough. So I say this as someone who growing up, not a lot of people thought that she could do it. I had a seventh grade teacher, my math teacher, tell me in front of the whole class that if I pursued, because we had to go around the class and say what we wanted to be when we grew up, I said I wanted to be a writer. And she said in front of the whole class that if I pursued writing, I would be a homeless failure. And it was very, <laughs> it was very embarrassing, so much so that I'm 34 and I still remember the moment vividly. And um, I did it. 
you know, I, I yeah. did it all by myself. So if, if the naysayers are getting you down, don't, don't let them get, a, get you down. You, it's definitely possible. You don't need to have an army surrounding you, supporting you. You can support yourself. You can do it. Um, you know, you, and then, and then once, once you do achieve it, you'll be like, ha ha ha. You will so, <laughs> have so a mic drop moment, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's so great. I, I really, uh, I appreciate your upbeatness and your positivity about that. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I lived, I've lived to tell the tale. So take it from right. someone with experience. You can do it and you don't need their support. They don't have to believe in you for you to do it. Good. That's awesome. And just tell us then where people can find you and connect with you. Like what is your YouTube channel and, and where my, are your books? My YouTube channel is writing with Jenna Moresi. Uh, you can either, you know, check out Writing with Jenna Moresi on YouTube, or you can go to youtube.com slash Jenna Moresi. That's M-O-R-E-C-I. Um, those are, that's my handle for Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr as well. Um, uh, over on Facebook, it's author Jenna Moresi. Um, you can find me all over the place. You can check out uh, my number one bestselling dark fantasy romance series, The Savior Series. We've got The Savior's Champion and The Savior's Sister out right now and the audiobook coming soon. Um, so yeah, check it out. Say awesome. hi. Oh, I'm, I'm over on BookBub as well. <laughs> Under Jenna Moresi, yes. And what about your courses? Where can they find those? Those are over on Skillshare. Great. Well, I will, um, I'll have you send me all the links and I will link to everything in the show notes so that people awesome. can find you and connect with you. But um, thanks so much for being here and good luck with all, everything you do. I think you're, you're just living the dream. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. It was so much fun. Sure. Okay, what a great interview, right? You can tell that Jenna is really a professional and she knows what she's doing. She's very confident and, uh, you know, she's not overly like stuffy about things or anything like that. Not that most authors I talk to are, but um, she's just very real and, and gets right down to it. So I kind of wanted to recap um, some of the tips she gave for growing a YouTube channel for readers. Now, keep in mind that she does train writers, which is what I do, but as she said, writers are readers. And very often there's going to be some crossover there. And then there's the fact that as with anything, you're going to end up attracting readers, even if even if you're not geared directly toward them, just your personality and the things you teach and the things you talk about will attract the right people eventually. So here are the, the tips she talked about. Use the same language and vibe from your books. And as I said in the interview, that's very much what we want to do with email too. That's what I teach in my email course. But make sure that you're doing that if you're on your YouTube channel. You want to use your personality, your unique traits to grow your audience. I thought it was really interesting that she said once she started doing that and just kind of letting loose and not being so formal about things, that's when her channel really took off. Keep your content tightly edited so that long pauses are not turning people off. As somebody who does a lot of audio, I understand about that. Make sure you're offering them something, okay? So when you offer them something, it can be something like a free book that you can mention, you know, to get them on your list at the end of the uh, video, but it can also just be your sparkly personality. You're offering them entertainment. You're offering them um, some sort of education, you know, so that it's not just all about you. And finally, number five is she mentioned what to talk about. So she does a lot of trainings, like I said, but also talking about your genre, different tropes. I mean, this really, guys, this isn't very different than what I teach in my email templates course, okay? Pick things to talk about, relate them to your books, make it fun and entertaining, and then at the end, mention a book, tell them to go get it. Now, it's only going to be a percentage of people who will go buy your book. So she has 250,000 subscribers. It's not going to be 250,000 downloads every time she mentions a book. It'll probably be one to 2% of that, but that's exactly why you want to grow a large channel and then you can kind of do the math and figure out 
how many sales you can depend on. And of course, this isn't something you have to do. I know that a lot of writers are very introverted and don't want to be on camera, and that's fine. But you can do this through YouTube. You can also do it through podcasting if you'd rather just do audio. And it's just another tool in your arsenal to grow if it's something that you're interested in and sell books. And then you get to have fun and, and have a personality and really, really geek out about your books and the things that you love about them, which a lot of times we don't get a chance to do in our real lives because we often are not married to writers or, you know, around them too often. So anyway, I thought this was a really, really fun interview and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And thank you so much to uh, Jenna Moresi for sharing such great tips as an author who is successful on YouTube. There are not very many of those. So I was really glad that she was willing to come and share. Okay. I guess since I mentioned the email course, if you are interested in learning how to email your readers and nurture them in a really, really efficient way. I have templates. I have, I talk about what sequence to use, give you examples of what to write and how to um, continue to do that moving forward, get ideas, things like that. All of that is in my author email sequences that sell course. And if you are interested in checking that out, just go to bit.ly forward slash TPA email templates. Okay. That stands for the prolific author. So bit.ly forward slash TPA email templates. Okay. And that will take you right to the course. All right. Everybody have a great week of writing and marketing, and I will be back next week. Same time, same place. See you then. Me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.